Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomingPod or visit BottomingPodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hi, I'm Brendan. And I am Matthew, and our pronouns are he and him. It's March. It's March. Happy March. <laughs> I saw Easter eggs in the um, Tesco the other oh, day. Oh, yes, it's like jam. I'm not ready for last Easter, never mind this Easter. <laughs> um, we hope you had a gorgeous LGBTQ history month. Yeah. And it was packed with fun LGBTQ things. And history. And history. Because <clears throat> that's what it's made for. Yeah. Um. So this week we're speaking to Ryan Lange, who some of you may know from Netflix's Big Flower Fight. You may know him from Instagram um, and for setting up Not Dead Yet. He has done a range of different things and he's also got a new um, a new series coming out on BBC Three uh, very, very soon as well. So um, yeah, we just chat to him about uh, just a portion of the work that he's done because he has got his fingers in many pies. Yeah. <laughs> An exciting thing before we get into the old chit chat Mm -hmm. um listeners you might have seen if you follow us on instagram we were on bbc radio for extra Mm -hmm. on friday Mm -hmm. on their podcast radio hour Mm -hmm. we're interviewed by chris and shivani and chatted about all things bottoming Mm -hmm. if you've been listening to our history month series you will have heard us speak to shivani in our first episode of the month um so it was nice to be in the hot seat this time wasn't it yeah um and i think it made it a lot a lot easier to speak to them in that way mm-hmm. rather than it just being like in raw with people you don't know asking these questions because yeah we spoke about how the podcast came about a few other bits mm-hmm. and so i think stuff that we've never even thought about before yeah we've not considered yeah um 
but yeah, we had a great time speaking to to both Chris and Shivani. So you can go back and listen to that on BBC Sounds on the app. Um, or if you just search for BBC Podcast Hour, <clears throat> um, it should come up. It's on BBC Radio 4 Extra. But thank you so much for having us. So how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, me and Sam went back to Liverpool for the last few days. Um, me met my grandparents, which was lovely. We all had a roast Aww. on Sunday. We've just managed to avoid, uh, what, was it Storm Eunice and then Storm... F- Franklin. F- Franklin afterwards, so... Um, it was very, very windy, but mm-hmm. we had a really lovely time. Um, and guess who bumped in, into in the Albert Dock? I have no clue. <laughs> uh, we bumped into Sister Sister, one of our previous guests and drag race icon. But yeah, we ended up going back um, and just having a few drinks, and it was lovely. It was really, really nice, because we've obviously only met uh, virtually. Yeah. So that was fun, and a completely unplanned thing, because we were just having... a. Uh, an easy trip to Liverpool after the um, chaos of the last few weeks. So, yeah. It, I mean, it sounded like it, it was, was still It was still quite chaotic. chaotic. Are you going to tell them what no, you told me? I yeah. was I was really quite ill yesterday, I'll be honest. You may be able to hear the voice because it's still quite tender. Uh, I drank too much red wine. And buckets you... and buckets of red wine. And I was sick, which I have not done for a long time. In the hotel room. <laughs> It was a mess, and that's all I'm going to say. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Um, Friday, I handed in my second mm-hmm. test for uni, um, which I was relieved about. Shouldn't get the marks for another couple of weeks, but I'm very excited uh, to have handed that in. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. And then on Saturday, I went to the Barbican a little cultural Mm. day and I saw this new film called Flea oh yeah and it is breathtakingly beautiful Um, it's an animated documentary about this guy who travelled from Afghanistan via Moscow where he never spoke about any of his past to anyone that he knew he told all his loved well all the people that he knows now that his family are dead and stuff Mm. like that because that's the story his trafficker had told him to tell mm-hmm. so that no one ever came for his family. And it's basically just his journey from, yeah, where he was born in Afghanistan in the 80s and to where he is now. And it's just really beautifully animated. Mm. And obviously because it's a true story and you're, you're, you're listening to the words that he's saying for the first time, he's never said them before. Mm. Um, it's just really powerful. And oh, he has a gay man as well. Um but the sexuality side of it isn't really touched upon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like scattered throughout. But then there's this really beautiful mo- moment at the end, which I won't tell you, but um, it's just like makes you feel really warm after everything that he's been through, Aww. that this is like, um, I don't know, some sort of essence of joy from it. So yeah, Aww, it's really, lovely. really beautiful. Um, so that's called Flea. That was not a paid advertisement, was it? That wasn't paid. Because that was beautiful. Was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I know we sometimes say that we've, you know, had an interview stored away for a couple of months and then we release it and then, Mm. you know, whatever. But we are not 
uh, exaggerating when we say that this has been stored away since last summer. Seasons ago. Seasons. Well, yeah, we had the pleasure of interviewing Ryan last mm-hmm. September. Cashed your um, mind back. It was about 49 degrees in London. It was very hot. We were dripping. Yeah. Actually dripping. It was so warm. I know that feels like a distant memory right now. Mm-hmm. Fever dream. Yeah. But that's how long ago it was. So it was really lovely to hear about a ton of the work that Ryan's done, um, especially the work with NDY Global, uh, which you can find on Instagram, um, as well as get a little peek and preview into the new BBC Three series coming out. So yeah, here's Ryan. My name is Ryan Lange. I am a cultural producer, fashion and art curator, and TV presenter. Overall personality and legendary icon inspiration. <laughs> um, and my pronouns are he and him. So we best know you from NDY Global, a platform you began during the pandemic. For those who aren't aware, can you describe the types of things NDY offers? Yeah, NDY is a collective that started over lockdown. Um, It started to um, provide free online classes via Zoom to the queer community held by queer people of color um, who were trained coaches because we realized that people in lockdown had no access to gyms and um, they were disproportionately affected uh, by COVID. So um, we just had, we just started an Instagram page and just said this class is happening every day for the next six weeks. Um, And I think we ended up having over 2,000 people around the world um, tuning in. Uh, We did interesting things like um, put our pronouns in the Zoom classes. We degendered the fitness experience. Um, We also created accessibility permutations that haven't normally been existing in the past. So for example, we had a introduction to weights class at home with any object and it was also hosted and held in british sign language Mm -hmm. so we were bringing together the community in a way that we'd never seen before so it was beautiful lockdown finished and um we decided that what we do is start start taking um queer club nights that exist in east london um because we realized that during lockdown that there wasn't anything to do during the day that's the only time that Mm -hmm. we could be out Mm -hmm. and um everyone was just walking around in parks and People were going to their secret raves. No, everyone, I know everyone went to one. And um, I was like really taking stock of how little queer day life options there are. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre-COVID, you'd go to an art gallery, you'd go to a friend's opening, you'd go to life drawing. But that's not what the queer community is all about. Mm. And so I was like, why aren't we nourishing the queer community? Why aren't we like giving them fitness options? And it's because of all of the roadblocks and obstacles that exist in gym spaces. So NDY was like, let's take the queer club nights that have created intentional spaces, take their ethos and their music and put them in mm-hmm. premium gym spaces and allow access to anyone who's queer, of color, non-binary or trans. Mm-hmm. And that's NDY. Has wellness always been a focus for you personally? Um, I, I had a point in my London life where I met someone who allowed me to sustain my passion and creativity by working in a gym. And um, her name is Margaret Pope, and she is an extremely talented um, celebrity personal trainer. But she's not just that. She really teaches you how to understand your vessel, to understand where discipline, courage, strength, and bravery comes from when you're training. Mm. And um, she let me train with her and um, let me work with her. And it was during that time that I met all of her coaches and all of the people that she's brought into her community, um, which is now called CrossFit CrossFit Shortage. And... um, Rivington Street in East London. Um, she just like, she made me well. She made me agile mentally, physically. She made me able to um, 
understand my demons and darkness on and off the mat and um and after leaving that i was like going through lockdown and i was like wow i can go for a run i can train i know i know what benefits these things have for me um and as i was going through my own moments i was like i don't think that anyone queer has this like anyone has been given that ability to be there for themselves and understand that by nourishing yourself and keeping yourself active it's a radical act and um and implementing that into our subconscious was something that i had a vested interest in doing We've covered kind of exercise as a topic in a previous episode, but did you find the switch as you got older? Was the move to London a bit of a catalyst in that as well, or was it a longer term thing? I think that I was galvanized to activate my body and fitness to beca- because of the unrealistic expectations about body image in the queer community. I would take a class because I was like, I need to get active, I need to get skinny, I need to get rid of the pizza I ate last night. Mm. And it wasn't until I started working with um, people like Margaret Pope and um, all the trainers at Body Studio who are ex-Olympians, I realized that actually fitness goes above and beyond that. It's about mastering a technique, understanding how your body works, being able to understand that your body is not just muscle and bone and fat. It's muscle, bone, fat, tissue, fascia, and like blood circulation and movement and mindfulness and vibration and and then you have the whole ayurvedic side of it it's like it there's so many different layers to it um and i think i my spirituality and physical fitness sort of merged in a really beautiful way before that i couldn't even put myself on a field or a basketball court i'd always break an arm i've broken my arm three times Stop. <laughs> one was in football soccer one was in basketball and one was in a game of mercy what's mercy you know when you like hold your friend's hands and then you like bend them until they, until the other person yells mercy. Well, I just oh didn't. God. I just didn't say mercy. Wow. And so that's how the left hand got broken. So sports for me at a young age was just never mm. the one. I was always like trying to push my body to its like upper limit, mm. not able to understand that. I just didn't have the foundation in order to do that. Next thing you know, I've tripped over my dangly legs and and I'm in hospital with a cast for the summer. So a couple of our guests have spoken very highly of Hungama, which has been described as an Indian Studio 54. Why did you feel it was important to launch this back in 2016? So Hungama's genesis came from me spending five or six years in fashion and art. I curated a fashion exhibition in 2010 called Nailphilia, which is now considered the world's first of its kind, but it was an exhibition of nail art. So it was um, a beauty exhibition looking at fashion and art. Um, And then I started working with fashion designers in East London. And by doing that, you end up subscribing to like the world of fashion and the world of art. I was wearing like turtlenecks at art galleries, drinking Prosecco and talking about Damien Hirst and whether or not he's a legitimate artist. I was in the fashion world, like lagging my way to the front row, just trying to pretend that I knew everyone, even though I knew that no one knew who I was and I was deeply saddened about that because I had no place in the fashion industry and everyone there is so sycophantic that um, no one really likes themselves anyways. And then there's the gay community where I was in East London where all of these people come together to drink and it's like a pissing contest as to who's more popular and who's worked closer to McQueen or who's worked closer to Love magazine and I literally just could not be fucked with all of it. So I just got to a point where one day someone said something to me the wrong way and I left feeling devastated. And um, so I walked home and when I woke up, I, I woke up in the morning and all I had playing from what I remember was Bollywood music. And I was like, wow, no one's giving me access to that here. Mm. Bollywood music is something that I grew up with in Canada. I, I know the name of every single song, every single album, um, all the actors and actresses. Um, and I 
was at a point where I was like, I'm going to bring that back here because I need it. Because by asking myself where it was, I realized how much of it was missing. Mm. I didn't know anyone else who was South Asian and gay. I didn't know anyone else who was South Asian and gay in East London. And I didn't know anyone who was doing anything ethnic in the pubs and clubs that we go to in London. So, um, like the Glory or Superstore. So I just went up to the Glory and said, I'm going to throw a Bollywood hip-hop night. Didn't even know how to DJ. Went to a queer... Um, club night that exists that was Asian called Club Kali mm. wasn't my cup of tea um, I love the music but I just didn't really feel like it, it embodied what I was about and so I basically decided to bring that into my realm so take the Bollywood music and the the no the nuances of what I knew in PR and art and culture mm. and bring it into a queer space and create a cultural moment and um and when we did it I didn't know anyone who was Asian. I, the only people who were Asian who read about it on Time Out and stuff came. But then also everyone I knew was in fashion and art. So it just, there was like loads of stylists and photographers and models and fashionistas. And it just became this like moment where we're like, whoa, everyone in fashion and art are celebrating a culture. And um, it was the first time that cultural appreciation existed for queer people. And I'm not saying that other nights didn't exist because like, I think Pussy Palace was creating an amazing safe space for queer non-binary and trans people of color. And like other nights it exist, but in that moment, it was a celebration of creativity mm. and people, people celebrating their creativity under the umbrella of Bollywood. Was it that you just did a set at Mighty Hoopla? Yeah, we did a set at Mighty Hoopla and then we did an unofficial after party where it was the return of Hungama um, because we haven't done it since um, 2020. Um, the last one we did was in February 2020 at the Standard. I mean, that was just more of a DJ set as well um, at a pub, which was really fun. Um, it was crazy. We had a lot of people show up that I didn't expect, and like Vinegar Strokes showed up, and it was just a, it was just a big laugh. People were jumping on the stage. Everyone was dressed in saris and outfits, and like um, people were smiling and like hugging, and it like it felt like a reunion. And what I did differently this time was that I paid for um, complimentary drinks for the first couple of hours mm-hmm. because I felt like we all suffered enough and it wasn't about me making a profit or the night making a profit. It was about um, allowing people to celebrate the fact that they made it through. Mm-hmm. So just to shift gears a little bit on Instagram recently, we saw your conversation series, the women who built me. How was this process for you in revisiting the roles these women had or still have in your life? I've been really blessed to have met some incredible women who have shaped me. And um, during lockdown, I was, I was living by myself and it was post flower fight, um, which was weird because I thought my life would change in a direction that would be more global and on a platform. But the world knew what I was doing on that show, but I was in a little apartment in Victoria Park Road Mm -hmm. by myself. And and, um, I was like, how am I going to remember everything that's happened and take stock and i was like oh I just, i'll just do a little instagram conversation because i can't see them and they're so inspiring that i'll just do like a 10 to 50 minute conversation and so i just wrote down like the six or seven women that built me and um just did that and i think it was it was really eye-opening there were a lot of people who didn't a didn't know that i knew them mm. b didn't know that they helped me in these really powerful ways and um see now it's like an artifact of like my my life and so we had some incredible people. We had Rose McGowan, who started the Me Too movement. Beatrice Hoskin, who's the deputy editor of the Financial Times, how to spend it. Samantha Roddick, who is an activist. Um, and her mom infamously started The Body Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, Sue Marsh, who's the first ever nail technician um, to create creative nails and was working with Alexander McQueen and now has moved into Lashes and works with clients like Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss. And these are all people I accidentally met. Like, it's, it was crazy. Even Sam Obernick, who uh, 
who's infamous for the song Just Won't Do that everyone has danced to. <laughs> Met her randomly and she and she gave me therapy. Like sometimes I'm like my life is just so random yeah. that I'm, I'm like placeless. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really nice though because there were a lot of people who saw the flower fight and didn't know what my next move would be mm. and most people would assume that it would be a flower sculpture somewhere but i know that i can do better than that and that's by creating more obscene lateral culture yeah and i think also because your career is so rich in that you've been in so many different arenas that you've been able to touch base with all these different amazing people and absorb a lot of different stories and help you grow in different ways as well yeah absolutely I entered these rooms and unapologetically met these people. And then as I started to learn about our differences and our privileges and our disadvantaged um, disposition, that's when I started to find my voice. When mm-hmm. I found my voice, I started to fight. And these people could see my growth and my trajectory and they stand behind me. So I just feel like it's really important in this day and age to celebrate the future of diversity by having these conversations. Mm. Obviously, you've not got enough going on. We understand you've just uh, finished filming the Big Proud Party Agency for BBC Three. How was that experience? Um, I was really blessed and excited when I got a phone call from um, Alley Cats TV who said, we saw your work in Hangama and we love what you did on the flower fight. Would you be interested in embarking on this show with us? Um, and I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, an opportunity to be a queer person of color on BBC Three as a host is incredible. Um, Post pandemic, like this, there's never been a better reason to throw parties for queer people who mm-hmm. deserve it. Um, and so we have been filming since July and we're, we're still not finished. Oh, like wow. we, we still have a couple more episodes to finish and um, it's being shot non-linearly and we're having to have loads of protocol because we're not having, we're not having parties with 10 or 15 people. There are hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And it's a situation where we started doing that when lockdown hadn't lifted. So, we had to separate it and spread it all out and um and just roll with the punches it's great though i really hope that people love it i really hope that people enjoy the experience even though it'll be a bit odd to see party planning during covid referencing covid but um it should be a laugh it should be really stupid i'm completely stupid on it <laughs> and i th- i think the reason is because on the flower fight i was just in dungarees like it like with my fucking whole entire outfit full of mud <laughs> with like grass in my shoes hustling to win yeah. and now i'm like this is a chance where i get to dress up show people what yeah. i'm like show people art and fashion and culture and really get to know me but then i've just kind of turned into a twat as well <laughs> We actually had um, one of the yoga teachers, I believe, from NDY on at the very start of season two mm-hmm. in our Does Exercise Really Matter episode, Natalie Armitage. Yes, I actually think that's how I came across Natalie originally, mm. maybe through the NDY Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's funny how all these things link up, isn't it? Oh. Um, so yeah, when you're done with this, if you want to have a little scroll back and yeah. go and listen to Does Exercise Really Matter? Yeah, thanks so much, Ryan, for sitting down with us. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you for your patience while we managed to scramble the episode together, finally. (laughs) So if you want to give Ryan a follow on Instagram, his at is at Ryan Lange. Um, As always, we'll put this on our website, bottomingpodcast.com, and on the episode notes as well. 
Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. It was it was an absolute joy. Slightly more solemn note: our friend um, Charlie Craggs was assaulted in London last week. She was spat on and had drink thrown on her on the tube. But luckily, she recorded everything, mm-hmm. um, and she had the bravery to chase after him, the guy, to get him his face recorded on camera. Um, it was shared everywhere, and um, luckily, I think they found the person that did it. But um, she's set up a GoFundMe to raise money for free self-defense classes for trans people. Um, I think it's already got like twelve thousand pounds. Yeah, raised. I think within the space of twenty-four hours, it's got to about twelve k, mm. which is just incredible. Um, yeah, we we spoke to Charlie last summer for one of our Pride episodes, and it was it was just it's been amazing to get to know her since mm. then, um, even before then. So this um, yeah is a particularly a big ask if you can go and well again we'll put the GoFundMe link in our uh, episode notes and on the bio and across socials and things. Uh, but if you can just give as much or as little as you can because it's sadly very very needed. Um, I think more than ever at this point. So. Check that link out and if you can, give a little or a lot. Before we're done, before mm. we finish this up, mm-hmm. we're going to give you your gag and for it. Your favourite thing of the week? Gorgeous. I, I can go first. Okay. I met with our friend Alice and we went to Rochelle Canteen in oh, Shoreditch. It was a belated birthday uh, lunch for me. Um, and yeah, delicious food, mm. had a couple of wines. And then had a stroll round. Loved it. So thank you, Alice. Oh. Yeah, I love you, Alice. Yeah, what's yours? Um, I'll be honest, mine was this delivery of the new um, the new drawers that I got. Do you want to do a show off? I don't know if you'd be able to see them. Show us your drawers. <laughs> Get me drawers out. <laughs> Here you go. It's I'm, I, I, mean, I don't really, I can't really show you, but it's there behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an olive green... Um, yeah, another, another, a new nice olive green set of drawers, big mm-hmm. drawers to put all my bits in. We can put the uh, <laughs> put the link on the website so people can buy it if you want. <laughs> Discount uh, code bottoming. Dead expensive company. <clears throat> you wouldn't know it. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Ikea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, as I mentioned before, just have enjoyed topping my room around and getting that I really needed. Mm. Um, I've already mentioned Liverpool. That would have been a highlight team. My granddad than my mum, my sister, but... <laughs> a chest of drawers. A chest of drawers. Jesus. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's everything. That's that all is, we've got. That is your lot. That's all you're getting this week. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed it, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really appreciate it. We've we've been stuck on 59 uh, reviews for ages. If you can get us up to 69, that'd be a joy. (gasps) If 10 10 of you listening can go and do that, that'd be dead sexy. Dead gorgeous and dead sexy. I mean, interesting number as well. (laughs) (laughs) Just 10 more can do it. Go on. Go on. If you don't want to give us a five-star rating for that dead gorgeous, dead sexy Scouse accent, then I don't know what, what more we need to do, to be honest. Well, um, there's a few things. But. <laughs> but thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you again to Ryan um, for chatting with us. And thank you, Brendan, just for being here. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you, see you, see you then. You are doing amazing, sweetie. You are doing so amazing, sweetie. Bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.